Thanks for joining us here. Wagerager, D-Nice. We've got a quad pod. We don't have Tasty this week. Tasty is traveling in Vegas. He's all over the place, but he is hopefully in Vegas. But we do have Yanni back. We have me without video because my computer video was just a disaster. Schmidt is joining the pod. Schmidt, what's going on to talk about the birds, yep. right? Going on. It is back. And Coach, back also. He comes in every now and then. He has his playoff predictions. He called the Bucks before the playoffs even started two years ago. Last year, you had the Bills, and I still think they should have won the Super Bowl last year. But, Coach, how are things? They're good. They're good. You know, trying to survive two kids at, at seven and four is is always an adventure. Uh, <laughs> we made it here tonight, and the wife's dealing with bedtime. I get to have some fun. <laughs> Very nice. Time to have some fun, and we have the Eagles in a playoff tilt against the New York Giants this Saturday. Yanni. Down in Florida, you'll be watching your Bills this weekend, the 3 o'clock Sunday game. How are the vibes right now in the household about the Bills? A little nervous. The the nine-year-old says the Bills uh, lose this weekend, so I, I don't like hearing oh. that. But, oh. but we'll hope that uh, – you know, I don't hope he's wrong often, but hopefully he's wrong this weekend. We'll see. <laughs> hopefully he's wrong. Maybe he's remembering last year in the second round and everything of that nature and – will be a very good game. All of these games should be good. There's no spread as of right now that's in double digits. The Chiefs are fared by eight and a half to nine, but we will go through all the games in order of games played. Before we do that, Yanni, any closing thoughts of maybe teams that exited last week? Like any closing thoughts on the Titans? Tasty's Vikings, I feel very bad about because I wanted him to be able to watch them in Vegas and that's not going to happen. I feel bad about that one there, Yanni. Yeah, I do too. I was hoping for his sake they'd get there. And, you know, they probably could have, but that defensive performance was just horrendous by that team. And, and you know, he knew and we knew going in that that was going to be a liability. And I really made Daniel Jones look like Joe Montana out there. It sure did. I did not see Daniel Jones having a season like this, and it's still not the prettiest thing, but he's chugging along. Coach, scared about Daniel Jones coming into South Philly this weekend? Uh, you know, any team's got to be worried about a mobile quarterback anymore in this day and age. That's just nature of it. Um, so there's always a concern. You know, the good news is, even though I am a little chagrined with this, uh, Jonathan Gannon is a huge proponent of, of uh, zone defense, right? That's he's a bend, don't break guy. He lets his defensive line who had, you know, NFL almost re- NFL record setting uh, season go after the quarterback, which is great. Um, but mobile quarterbacks usually do better against man to man. Right. So that's that's just the nature of that. So zone defense kind of helps them out. It forces them to read the game and make the passes and be a proficient. Um, so I'm not as worried as last year. Plus, the, I mean, the Vikings defense compared to the Eagles, it's not even a conversation, right? We don't even need to go through it. Um, but I think our D-line, you know, holds him down pretty good. He's going to get his runs. You know what I mean? It's going to have some times where we're screaming at the screen and getting all upset. But, you know, I'm not as concerned. But Eagles got to show up. Right. Just like any game in the playoffs, anything can happen. It's one and done. Uh, and they've been a little bit ugly on the turnover front. Right. I know Jalen Hurts is coming off the injury. We don't have to go through all that right this second. But it's one of those things where you got to respect the other team enough to give them your best every week. So hopefully they do. Yeah, for sure. To get to round two of the playoffs, you have to be doing something right if you're peaking at the right time. And I don't think that the Giants are a title contender, but they're playing their best ball of the season. 
Schmidt will talk more about the birds, but shit, <laughs> shit. I just called you shit. <laughs> Schmidt, is there anything high level that oh, any shit. of the shit teams that lost last weekend? Is there any shit that you have to spew about? Perhaps the Colts, who were not in the playoffs, but they have a crazy owner, or the Vikes, <laughs> or the Titans. <laughs> I mean, the, the games this weekend were great, but I think my favorite thing about the NFL was that story that came out about why Josh McDaniels turned down the Colts' jobs. <laughs> Because Jim Irsay parked himself apparently in the bathroom for over an hour. Yeah, that that's just the wildest story. Like we <laughs> know that all too well because they stole Frank Reich because McDaniel's took that job and it was like what more than a week he had the job. I kind of made that up, but from 2018, and then he dipped out, and it turns out that Irsay was just probably doing drugs in his bathroom. So that's uh, <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, if that's how you want to recruit a future head coach, then it is what it is. What's even uh, crazier is that <laughs> that kind of led us to Sirianni, if you think about it from an Eagles perspective. That is very true. Without I, that I, happening, Reich doesn't go to Indy. and Sirianni doesn't get his shot at Indy, right? He doesn't ascend himself. I, I mean, it's kind of six degrees of separation craziness, so. You're 100% correct. And so thank you to Jim Irsay for doing drugs in the bathroom or whatever the hell that guy's doing, man. We don't know that. If you've seen Dumber and Dumber, you know what could be going on in that bathroom. You don't know what's happening. <laughs> you never know. There, there could be plenty of things happening. It could have been a bad day for him in terms of what he had for a meal previously that day. Anyways, uh, speaking of shit, right? Let's get into the games. Doug Peterson is the Jaguars coach. Hopefully they did not try to recruit him with drugs in the bathroom, but Doug Peterson, second round of the playoffs, Andy Reid, Doug and Andy going at it. Doug Peterson was what the offensive coordinator. I think we're going back probably seven years now to 2016. It seems like it was just yesterday, but it has been quite a while. Reed's still there. The chiefs favored by check your book. We're recording this late evening thursday the 19th eight and a half there are some nines out there over under we'll call it 50 actually three there's some 52s at bet online so eight and a half or so this one's kind of crazy to me because yanni i've teased the chiefs i've teased the chiefs with the eagles but i was thinking through this today and just saying to myself you know what gun to head right now the jags might take a blow, take a couple punches early, sustain that. And even if they're down like 20 to six at halftime, they might be able to pull this out and cover that spread in the second half. Yanni, what are you thinking here? With you, man, I, first of all, the most popular tease in the history of tease, I think this weekend with Kansas city and Philadelphia, I mean, there's pretty much everybody in America on that. Um, take that for what it's worth, but I think you're right as far as the side goes. And I'll tell you, I really don't want anything to do with this game against the spread. It's to me, the Jags are definitely the right side in this game. I think that's too many points. I, you know, they played once and Kansas city ended up winning by 10. I believe they were nine and a half point favorites in that game. So they, you know, they squeaked by and covered, but realistically they were in control of that game. Jacksonville kind of came in late, whatever, but I think this is a little different scenario here. Here's what I would say. We talked last week about the volatility of the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the Chiefs, to a lesser extent, do that as well. They wow. played a, Yeah, they played a lot of close games, right, against really not, not even great teams. I mean, we saw them play the Texans close and some other games. But this one, to me, it, it feels a little different. What I mean is, if you're betting this, I think you've got to take Jacksonville here. But I, I can't. 
I have this gut feeling here that this is where the Chiefs get it rolling up. They had a, you know, a bye week, extra week to prepare. We saw the Jags. I mean, come on, Kansas City, or I'm sorry, LA absolutely blew that game there. 27 nothing. I don't think that we'll ever see that again. <laughs> that's that's pretty embarrassing. And Staley still has his job, Yanni. No, and if you think <laughs> about that, and, and look, I, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to toss four picks in the first half like he did last week, but also crazy. It, yeah, if, if the Chiefs get up, Andy Reid's not going to let happen what, what the Chargers let happen in that game. So I, I just kind of look at it as this is where the Chiefs step up. And to me, they could end up winning this game by 10 or 17 points because ultimately I think they match up well. Travis Kelsey's due for a nice game here. The Jags have not defended tight ends well at all this year. Um, So I I think you kind of look at that and you start saying, okay, the time's right for the Chiefs. So with that being said, I can't bet that because I I just think the points are too much, but the Chiefs seem to be hitting that stride or, or will hit that stride. I do think this is absolutely a teasable game if you're at that minus eight and a half and get that minus two and a half. Tease it for sure. Tempting to take the Chiefs if you think that the Chiefs come out hot. You raised some good points there. They have the bye week. They weren't, it's not that they weren't expected to have that bye, but it looked like that the Bills were in control of that. And then a bunch of things happen, obviously. And the Chiefs have it. The first time around, they played. And for some reason, I kind of forget this game. I'm not sure if this occurred like during the Phillies playoff run or what. No. Sunday, November 13th, coach. For some reason, I forget these two teams playing, but the Chiefs won 27-17 point spread was in that nine and a half range. So pretty one-sided overall in this game. But since then, coach, the Jags have barely lost. They've lost one game. They fell to three and seven in that game. They're red hot right now. Is it hard for you to get on board with the Jags with the plus points here, coach? Uh, this is I'm I'm with Yanni. I I wouldn't touch this game on on the on the points at all. It, it's yeah. just it's teasable for sure. I actually have a teaser with uh, two of the teams you referenced: Eagles, Chiefs, and then I threw Bengals in there, teased them up to eleven and a half. We can talk about that later. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I, I'm right there in line with Yanni. It, it makes sense, you know. The, the Jags. It's a nice story. Uh, they're a growing team. Doug's done a lot of really good things. Obviously, developed them, build them confidence, building that culture, especially getting them away from Urban Myers just complete cluster you know what yeah it's hard to believe that that was only last year that that disaster of a situation was literally last year yeah and and doug was the perfect replacement as we're seeing right i mean he got a team that was down 27 nothing to to roar back and win a game i mean that's you know third third biggest comeback in playoffs history or nfl history whichever it is i don't remember um but it's up there so yeah 100 percent be on the teaser with this uh tease your chiefs down but but i'm gonna tell you right now the Jags defense, while they had a nice showing in the second half, that was given away by the Chargers in their game plan. That was not the Jags really yep. a ton of plays. Um, and you've even seen, like, remember when they played the Cowboys, the Jags played the Cowboys, defense made some plays and all that. If you really go back and look at those, that's Dallas offense kind of throwing it away. Just screwing it up as they're up 27-10. Bad yeah. play calling, right? Didn't run down the clock as much as they could, which if they had just – ran the ball on third down instead of throwing it, right? We've all talked about it. That would have been 40 seconds instead of minute and 30 or whatever was left there, right? Like there's just these these moments where we look at the end score and we're like, oh, look what they did and the result. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But there's so many small moments that make these things up, especially when you when you put in the coaching side to it. Um, so yeah, stick away from it, long way to say, uh, only tease it if you want. I like it, and I agree with you. It does seem like as you go down their schedule that when the Jags step up in competition, 
they 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 definitely do struggle. And I know that they won what is it seven games in a row right now? I, I can't count, but they they played the Chiefs and they lost to the Chiefs. The Lions blew the doors off of them, and I consider them to be. I mean. Technically, Detroit was not a playoff team, but I consider them at the end of the year a top 10 to 12 team in the NFL. Blew the doors off them in December. And coach, to your point, the Cowboys were putting up plenty of points, plenty of yards. It took OT. It was 27-10. Schmidt, I think a player prop that I like in this game is Trevor Lawrence over 37.5 pass attempts. I think that they're going to be down in the game and they'll be chucking the ball. No reason to be running the ball as you're down by 10 to 20 points against the Chiefs, Rip. Yeah, I, I actually kind of like that over bet there. Um, 37 and a half at FanDuel right now. Yeah, they're going to be – you have to throw. To, to beat the Chiefs, you have to throw. Like, you're not going to get a, a lead on them and sit on it. Like, anybody who tries to do that is just asking to get beat later in the game. Um, it's tough to bet against the Jags right now, though. They they haven't – they've lost one time since Thanksgiving. Um this is, and they are in a situation where Doug Peterson has thrived, where it's nobody believes in us. Nobody can get a team up under that leg. Nobody believes in us. Let's let's shock the world, shtick. Then Doug Peterson. Five, five years ago, dog masks and all here in Philly. And even the following year when they went into Chicago and, and <laughs> they, they would have covered the spread even if that kick went in. So it's 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 good. Betting on Doug P in the playoffs has been has been a good thing. But um but I agree with Yanni where it's like I could I, I see the Chiefs covering the spread more than I see like Jacksonville keeping it within a touchdown at the end. But at the same time, I really don't want to bet against Doug Peterson in the playoffs. So, yeah, if I were to take anything in this game, I think you got to tease it. Tease it and we'll see what happens probably a year too early. For the Jags, but at three and seven, I would have been shocked if they uh, basically ran the table and then they made the playoffs. That's exactly what they did. Peterson, as I'm thinking about it, fellas, I think he has only not covered the spread in a playoff game once. And that was that Josh McCown game. And that was still ugly. It was what a 17 to nine final. So he's covered every single spread because even the loss against the Saints where it went through Alshon's hands, that spread, I believe, was nine. And that was a 20 to 14 loss. So Dougie P has covered almost every spread. Okay. Dougie P was here in Philly. We're here in Philly, guys, and we'll talk about this next game. It's Eagles-Giants. I'll be fortunate enough to be at the game. You guys will be yelling and carrying on in the basement, I'm sure. And Yanni will be probably not yelling and carrying on, but he'll be observing this game for sure. Fly Eagles fly, home field advantage. Start of the year, I mean, they could not have started the year any better. They started the year, was it 11 wins in a row? Correct me if I'm wrong. Turnover margin was tops in the NFL. In the second half of the year, they did sustain some losses. Turnover margin kind of went to shit, just kind of went to hell in a handbasket. But Schmidt, Jalen Hurts only has one loss under center. So we have the Eagles here favored by seven and a half right now. We can't get any sevens. Over under 48, pretty much painted across the board. Schmidt, Hurts hasn't lost except that one game under center. And I'm not going to call it a fluke, but a lot of turnovers in that game. Yeah, and one of the things that you'll probably hear a lot is this whole "it's hard to beat a team three times," which it like statistically is not. Like the team that the the team that has beaten the it's always a division game, so you know it has to be a division. Very but true. The team that's won the first two games wins the third game like sixty six percent of the time. It's like fifteen out of twenty four. 
I don't know what the percentage is exactly on that. I think it's around like 64%. But yeah, it is not hard to beat a team three times. Um, however, it's still, the, 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 this is probably the best Giants team they've had since they last went to the Super Bowl. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I think they made the playoffs. One yeah, year. because that that twenty was at sixteen team. I actually had tickets mm-hmm. for Giants Packers, but it was like negative two degrees, and my wife made me sell them because she didn't want to go. So I I could have seen them lose, and that's the game where Odell punched a hole in the wall in the <laughs> locker room. I could have seen that one, but it's been since then, and I wouldn't even consider that that team too good. Th- this is probably the first time that a Giants team has played their best football in the playoffs at this time of year in quite a while, though. Yeah, it was literally their first playoff win in a decade. Their last playoff win was the Super Bowl against Brady. Is it twenty fourteen? Right, I think that was twenty eleven. Well, yeah, yeah, 2011 season, so Super Bowl in 2012. God, we're getting old. God, we're getting old. Because 2014 is a Chip Kelly year, and the Giants were not good. Oh, wow. So it, it's been more than a decade, for sure. This was the first time my wife, my wife's a Giants fan, it was the first time she was able to sit in a bar and purchase a drink and see a Giants playoff win. <laughs> she can do that this weekend, and hopefully they get their asses kicked. Yeah. <laughs> Coach, I'm excited about this game. It's not going to be super cold in Philly. I'll be there. I'm I'm excited about the game, but there's something in me that like it's not that I want to be the the underdog. I mean, it's nice having home foot advantage, but there's something to be said about when your team and when a team is expected to win a game that there's nothing for the Giants to lose here. Kind of playing with house money already. I think that the Eagles win this game for sure, and that's why I have them teased. Do you have any thoughts on the spread at seven and a half right now? Uh, you know, seven and a half is a little rough, just, just in any playoff game, right? Playoff games are traditionally close just by nature of it. You know, you're giving up more than the touchdown. That's a little hard. But for this game specifically, um, I will tell you, I think the recent, recency bias is kind of kicking in just psychologically for everybody. You know, Hertz has been hurt. The Eagles lost a few games down the stretch with Minshew at quarterback. Their offense wasn't the same, right? If you look at it, their defense – actually stepped up and played really well in that stretch other than Dallas that, you know, okay, I'll take the aberration, but by and large, still six sacks, uh, you know, a DAC six as we're calling them now, instead of the, <laughs> the, the former that we used to say, um, you know, so, so there's some of that psychologically that I think we're all going through. Um, and then, you know, Eagles played with Hertz, right. The last game of the year and couldn't really get it over in the end zone. Yeah, but it was a weird game, right? Like they went up 16 nothing. They could have put that game away at 23 love. They didn't do anything too special, kind of watered it down, didn't want to get hurt, exactly. hurt again, for lack of a better term. They didn't want to play him in the game, they, but they, they had to. A lot of, they kicked a lot of field goals in places where they would have normally gone for it. Exactly. exactly. Also true. They had a touchdown called back right on a dumb penalty, which frankly, if you look at it, really wasn't even a penalty. Would have made it 23 love. Whatever, not going to yeah. argue. So it's those types of things that I think that's the recency bias that everyone gets freaked out about and scared of. But, you know, the good side is Daniel Jones isn't playing the Vikings defense. He's not right. So good for him. He had his career the best day. It's awesome. Happy for him because he's been run through the ringer over the last number of years. He finally has a good coaching staff around him. That's great. Right. But this Eagles defense is a different monster. Top two, three in the league by far in many categories. Right. And they were injured down the stretch a bit, you know, missing Josh Sweat a little bit, missing CJGJ, right, who is is a ball hawk, is going to make plays and frankly has to shift down to the slot now, which takes away another one of the receiving threats. Um, and you have Blankenship out there who's 
frankly, a real heavy hitter. And I don't think anyone's realizing how, how good he's going to be in the next few years. Different conversation, though. So for me, I, I like the Eagles. You know, seven and a half is always hard. As I said, I teased this game uh, down a little bit. But I do really like some Eagle offensive uh, prop bets. I really do. Um, you know, first and foremost. Got it, season. Yeah, it, first and foremost, it's Goddard. I mean, Dallas Jackson is a lesser version of him, right? And and just absolutely dominated him. Now, granted, that could be how you know they were bracketing um, Jefferson all game, right? That happens. Well, we got AJ and Devontae. So, which what are you going to do, right? And the other side of that too is Devontae Smith. He he has been absolutely balling out. Everybody's been paying attention to AJ Brown. Well, our volume guy all year has been Devontae Smith. He's had an awesome year. Absolutely. He set the the uh, franchise record for receptions. Indeed. 17-game season, fine, whatever. By a wide receiver. Yeah, and thank you. He said it. So, for me, <laughs> I, yeah, he didn't beat Dak Hurts. I get it. Schmidt coming in with the, you know, technically the correction. Because <laughs> yeah. there was that one year where Wentz threw to nobody but Hurts, and he had like 116 receptions or something. Yeah, yeah because they had that old Christ connection going on. And they didn't have a lot of other <laughs> anyway. receivers. I should probably – yep, I should probably edit that out. Coach, I got you off to – yeah. Go You're ahead. good. You're good, my God. Uh, the, so, Christ again, connection. The, the prop bets are really like our, our Goddard over 51 and a half. There's an alt out there for over 60 for plus 140. Uh, I like it. Big fan of that. Uh, I, I think they're going to reincorporate him back in because everyone's going to be so focused on, on your outside threats. On top of that, really a big fan of Smith, Devontae Smith over 64 and a half. Again, he's been, he had like out of the last four games or out of the last five games, I think four more over 100 yards, you know, six or seven, eight receptions right in there each game. He's, if he's one on one, he's going to beat him, right? He's just going to beat him. So, I think there's a lot of schematic things that the Eagles can do that the Giants are really going to struggle against. So I have those two uh, locked in. And then there's the obligatory anytime that the Eagles play the Giants anymore. You have to bet Boston Scott anytime TDs. Giant killer. You have to. (laughs) Boston Scott. I mean, he has eight touchdowns in 10 games against him or some absurd number. Um, You know, and if you really want to get feisty, it's his first, the first TD score is plus 2200. I'm not saying, but he did do it. In the last I'm definitely game. going to dabble on that. I'm, I'm throwing 10 bucks. Especially because I'm going to be there. I'll probably do him and something else random, yeah. like a defensive touchdown score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's plus 390 for any time TD. Uh, you know. And he scored go. in the first time that they played in that 48-22 shellacking. Scored I mean, the second game, game too. That is very true. They shellacked him the first time around here. Great breakdown there, coach. 27-18 first downs, yards per play weren't that close either. I heard a stat today here, and Yanni, I'm pretty sure it was, that the Eagles per rush average 0.6 EPA per play. So that means that for every rush that they made in that game, that they were expected to add six-tenths of a point for every carry. I'm pretty sure that the average is like 0.1. Like Just like anything positive is good. They had more than half a point. Yanni, are you thinking that we see more of a game like the first time around or more of a game the second time around, which kind of had like a preseason feel, even though the, there there was technically enough on the line for the Eagles to get a home field advantage? Where are you standing right now? Let me give you the short answer and the long answer. I'll, give them, I'll, <laughs> I'll do them both quickly, though. The short answer is Eagles dominate this game. I love um, it. I, I, I don't think this is close, to be honest with you. So let me say this. First of all, 
I think this is an, a half to tease. I, I think you have to tease this game. I yeah. don't see I, the odds of the Giants winning this game are so small. I think you have to tease this, you know, and you could probably say this with any of the underdogs in the playoffs in this divisional round. The only way these underdogs are going to win is if they end up with a plus four turnover battle, right? You know, they, they don't take care of the ball and whatever. That, to me, that's their only path to victory for teams like the Giants or the Jaguars. And for the Chargers, right? Well, right. Unless you're the Chargers, <laughs> even yeah. plus four couldn't save the Chargers. Yeah, couldn't. Just couldn't think about that, thing. guys. That that's so okay. bad. It really <laughs> is. It really is. Really but is. but you know, when when you look at this game, I think you guys already kind of broke it down. This is kudos to Brian Dable. Kudos to the Giants. I think they have a, a a solid future. I think they got a ton out of not a ton as far as the roster goes. And they're probably way ahead of schedule where at least I thought they would be. And a lot of people thought they would be this season, you know, without getting off topic here, Daniel Jones is a really interesting piece as far as, you know, he seems like he's the guy now. Right. So whether or not that ends up being a good thing for the giants, we'll see. But I think he played his way into that kudos to him for, you know, doing what he does, but this is a really, really bad matchup for them because they have no weapons to throw to. The Eagles can lock down anything they try to do throwing the ball, which means it's literally all on Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones to run. Um, Coach pointed out, you know, kind of that zone concept as far as containing Jones. And I don't see Barkley, this Eagles defense, which was vulnerable to the run for a portion of the season. It was, you know, call it the, the mid portion of that season where they were getting gashed a little bit. When Jordan Davis and Sue and Joseph have been in that lineup together with Hargrave and, and Fletcher Cox. I mean, they, they, they've shut people down. So I just don't see how the giants put up points in this game again, unless it's just a slew of turnovers flipping it over. You guys already kind of talked about the offensive piece. The only thing I'll add is they got really good news because it looks like Lane Johnson's going to play in this game. And that's huge. I mean, he is, I don't, I don't even think you could say arguably, I think he is the best right tackle in, in national football league. It makes a huge difference when he's out on the field there. So for all those reasons, I'm in on the Eagles to the point where I'm looking at alt spreads in oh been up to minus nine and a half, minus twelve and a half. Oh. Um, I, I don't think this game ends up being close. I think that as long as the Eagles don't come out just completely flat off that, you know, extra time and hurts and whatever, I think they end up putting up 35 points in this game. And I don't think the Giants get to 20. So I, I just I don't I don't like New York at all in this spot. So take that for what it's worth. Love it. I love the breakdown fly Eagles fly. I'll probably sprinkle an alt spread as well. I think this game is ending up in that like 35, 21 category, possibly even less depending on how the D looks here for the Eagles taking a look at some more props in this game and coach, what you mentioned, you got AJ Brown at 72 and a half, although you did not mention AJ Brown, you mentioned Smith at 64 and a half. Slayton at 46 and a half on the receiving yards, rush yards. This is what I wanted to dabble in. Jalen Hurts at 51 and a half. Maybe if they're up big, they might be cautious, but Daniel Jones over under rush yards at 44 and a half. I could see him trying to create stumbling around. And it seems like Daniel Jones always has that rush against us that he's just like kind of barely on his feet. And all of a sudden it goes for 28 yards. You're like, okay, he just hit that rush yard prop. So I like that. I like the Boston Scott first time score. It was 22 to one. You said coach like that. Yeah. And I think uh, that the Eagles advance here. Anything else on this game before we move to Sunday? 
Yeah, I really like the Goddard bet, I think, best of all. Because first time these two teams played, Goddard was out. But so was Adoree Jackson for the Giants. So Eagles just cooked them with go balls to Devontae and A.J. Um, Adoree's back playing in this game. So, you know, they're probably going to have a, a little, not easier time, but it's they have more coverage options for the wide receivers. But, man, I think Goddard's going to cook this, these linebackers. I really like that prop. He is at, you probably got it a little bit lower. He's at 51 and a half now at FanDuel shopping around. You might be able to get high 40s places. Yeah, that was 48 and a half this morning. You got the best of the number, so that'll probably keep creeping up. I like that bet quite a bit. And yeah, to Yanni's point, great that they'll get Lane Johnson back. CJ GJ is going to be playing in this game. Hertz obviously is not on the injury report. I think the the only guy that they're going without is Maddox, and hopefully Avante Maddox can come back in the NFC Championship game. At least they got CJ Gardner Johnson back. That is a key piece in that defense. If they get Maddox, then hopefully we'll be talking about that next week. And I think that we can leave it at that. Let's go and talk about a very oh, important game. Yeah, no, no, go ahead, please. Um, real quick. Yeah. Is I'm going to re-listen to exactly what Yanni said right before the game, so I can be that jacked up about it. To be because pumped up, yeah. <laughs> just listen to that walkthrough. I'm like, yep, hell yeah, man. Yep, hell dreams yeah, and nightmares yeah. playing in the background. Let, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you my posted picks. I had the worst year in four years this year. So you know, take it for whatever it's worth. Oh, hey. well, thanks for throwing water on that. Hey, <laughs> details. Those are minor details, and that and plenty of those picks were technically in 2022. It's a new year. It's a new you. It's 2023. This was a very tough year, and this has nothing to do with the four games this weekend, but this was a, a, a very profitable year, like weeks one through eight, nine. And then all of a sudden it was like, just give some back, give some back steadily. So hopefully we continue to have a good postseason. And what better way than to have Sunday, three o'clock. I like the later start time, get some things done in your life a little bit early, or since I won't be getting into like two o'clock in the morning on Saturday night, I'll sleep in a little bit more. We've got Yanni's bills hosting this year in the divisional round of the playoffs last year. I'm sure everybody knows they played the Chiefs. It was at Chiefs. They are home. I think they should add a bye week, but a lot of extenuating circumstances occurred. Bill's favored now by five and a half. It's a big number over under 49 and a half. There are some 49s out there too. Before we get to Yanni, because I know that he'll do a great job of breaking this down. Coach, I'm just going to say to you that my thought on this is that five and a half points for the Bills is a bit too much. I liked it at five. I wanted to talk through all of this with you guys. I don't know if I'm going to take a Bengals on the money line. I think this game has the potential to be very close and five and a half in my book, even though the Bills are very good, is just a little bit too much, especially with what you mentioned, Coach. Those Josh Allen turnovers keep rearing its ugly head. Yeah, it, th this is one of those interesting matchups. You know, you, you can kind of go back to before the DeMar Hamlin injury and, and you know, thoughts and prayers and, and happy he's he's doing much better right he's in the building he's he's with the team that's great huge to see. um but you look at that game and, and it was seven to three and the Bengals had the ball right so you know first quarter very early of course you know you don't want to read too much but that that tells you that the Bengals can play at least with the team right that that's what that tells you um just to to anchor that point but it's very you, true yep if you really look at it the thing that worries me is the the Bills defense it's it's been a very different group since Von Miller went down, right? I think losing Demar Hamlin, not even just from like the mental exhaustion of that and the emotional exhaustion, like 
that's a downgrade too in your secondary. That's that's hard. That's hard to overcome. Um, and he was a guy that was flying all over the place type deal. He could, he's like a CJGJ for the Eagles. Can cover in the slot. Can can really stick his nose into the run game where he needs to. Covers over the top very well. Um, so you you kind of lose a couple of those guys, and your defense becomes a little bit of. And I won't say a complete shell because they do have some solid players, but their linebackers are struggling to cover a little bit over the middle. Um, you know, they, they obviously we saw against the Dolphins, even though some short fields, they gave up points. Right. Even though there's turnovers, um, you know, you can't be giving up those points. If they're giving up three there. OK, like that's all right. But you're giving up seven almost each time there's a turnover. And, and you know, the, the fumble recovery for a, a six isn't their part, but their fault. But. It's those things that kind of grow up to the they got to play a clean game. And, and that's the easy way to say it. But they really got to play a clean game. Allen's got to stop playing hero ball. Um, if it's not there, run. Right. That's that's the level down of the hero ball he's trying to play, but still hero ball. Right. And that's OK. Um, so, so I look at it that way. It's, it's really on the Bills defense to step up uh, and go after kind of a tattered uh, Bengals offensive line, too. They just lost Alex Kappa. I Good don't think coming back to play. Uh, he played in the first game, that first quarter of that first game. Um, so there's opportunity there, but it, it's got to be cleaned up. And and it just worries me because I haven't really seen that from the Bills. Uh, so I'm not saying I'm taking the five and a half uh, either, just because, again, it's playoff football. It worries me. But I did tease them um, up to 11 and a half in my teaser. That's an interesting tease. 10 is a key number. And in a game like this, if you can get a team that you expect to be, I'm not going to say even with the bills, but a team that could play up to their level, double digits is quite a bit. It is played in orchard park. Obviously Yanni, the bills will be hosting this game. The weather I haven't take the look, take the look. Cause take is a word take taken, <laughs> taking a look that hard at the weather. It looks like it's going to be okay overall. And I'll keep that to you. Cause you're the bills expert. I still think that five and a half points is a lot. Coach had a lot of great points there. Do you like what you're seeing out of your bills overall? And here's a question to start with here. It took me about a minute and a half to get there, but do you think that the bills are playing at as high of a level this year in round two of the playoffs as they were when they were going into this round last year, do you think they're at the same level, a little bit higher or a little bit lower? And what are you thinking about this game overall? They're a little bit lower than they were a year ago. I mean, now in fairness, we have to remember that they put up an all time offensive performance in, in the wild card round last year uh, and then followed it up with basically the same thing against Kansas city. But I think coach was right on the difference is the defense. The defense was a lot more solid a year ago than they are right now. And he kind of pointed out, you don't have Micah Hyde back there. Jordan, Jordan Poyer is playing very banged up. Tredavious White is not the same guy coming off his ACL right now that he was, you know, before his injury. So all of a sudden that secondary, which was a strength now becomes a liability. And when you're playing a team like the Bengals that has multiple receiving weapons, that's not ideal. But I would say this, First of all, I do like that teaser up. I know Tasty also has that, I think, plus 11 teaser that he got there. And it's hard to imagine this Bengals team losing by double digits. I mean, they're a, they're a good team. That's tough to see. I do think the sports books have struggled with what to do with the Bills this year. Because if you remember, they had that stretch where they were winning all their games by double digits. And the sports books almost had to adjust and push that number up. 
And then all of a sudden the bills weren't covering anymore. So it's like the books kind of, you know, whatever. So now you have this Bengals game. And I think that realistically the value is with the Bengals because to me, this should be a minus three and a half game um, for Buffalo, not five and a half. And I think yeah. that three and a half, you know, may entice Bengals betters. Obviously five and a half would do more, but this kind of is like that chiefs Jaguars game where even with the five and a half, I think that's the right side, but because of, there's some very unknowns in this game and coach kind of touched on it here. If the Bengals were healthy, to be honest, I think they win this game. And, you know, we only saw again, a snippet of what they did offensively. They started strong. We've seen the Bengals do that in other games, then kind of fizzle away. Conversely, the bills have played pretty well in most second halves this year, but here's the thing with Von Miller in the lineup the Bills were number three on generating pressure with their front four in the league. That's huge when you play the Bengals because Joe Burrow destroys the blitz. He's the best quarterback in the league against the blitz. Conversely, when you drop in coverage with him, he's one of the worst in the league. So you yep. need to be able to drop back. But if you can't get pressure with your front four, then you almost have to blitz and you're playing into Burroughs' hands there. So with Von Miller out, the Bills fall to 27th with their front four, uh, you know, pressure there. So as we saw against the Dolphins last week, and granted it was a rookie quarterback, so some of that pride factored in, but they had to blitz linebackers. They had to blitz off the corner. They had to try to find ways to generate pressure because quite frankly, you just don't replace a Von Miller. You just can't do it. You're, whoever you're putting in there is not going to give you the same thing. And it's also going to impact the people around him. So what we're going to have to see, though, is the Bengals, to Coach's point, are probably going to be without three starting linemen. And not only that, probably their three best starting linemen at that. So when you look at that, the question is, can that line hold up against a front four that allows the Bills to play soft coverage, which is what Burrow struggles? Or are they going to have to blitz to get pressure, in which case Burrow can, can light it up? To me, that the game boils down to that, plain and simple. I will say this. We talked about props in that Eagles game. I think the Josh Allen rushing prop in this one is gold. Um, in games like this, he is going to tuck the ball. He didn't do it against Miami because, quite frankly, I don't think he had to. You did see in the second half when things got tight there, he did start to tuck a couple times. I think in this game he runs from the get-go because he's not going to want to make that mistake. And, you know, if he doesn't have somebody open, he's going to run. So I think you could look at that prop as a very, very good play in this game. That prop right now listed at FanDuel over under 48 and a half rush yards. I'm going to be taking that also. I might look at a touchdown score prop because if he runs one in, you'll get it. It might be a little bit juicy, but let's see what that one is. Schmidt, do you have your eyes on any props in this game? I like that Josh Allen figure that Yanni listed right there for sure. You're on mute, Schmidt. Was this a conference call at work? Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> here i'm gonna ask him to unmute um, yeah no i i had to mute it because i got a cat meowing at the door but um fucking cats but but um yeah th i think the bengals are coming in a little undervalued here just because of how they've looked the last two weeks but weird stuff happens when they play the ravens for whatever reason this offense just cannot move the ball against the ravens um i think they're high yardage to yeah, their high yardage total was like 285 total yards. Um, Burrow hasn't thrown for more than 215 in any of the matchups. Like, it's just a weird matchup for them for whatever reason. So I kind of like the Bengals at five and a half here. I don't, I'm not sure if I have the balls to uh, pick them out right. Maybe you need a drink in me or two to uh, 
have the guts to take the money line, but I think I like taking the points here, especially if it's up to five and a half. Like this, whoever wins this game is probably going to be by three. So I'm taking the points. You would think so. Okay, come on. Be nice to (laughs) you. Hey, he said that if he had to, you know, say what the spread would be, this should be like a three and a half point spread. So he's on our side as well. I think that the Bills win this game. I hope that they win this game. I want to see Chiefs and Bills on that neutral side, right? But I think that five and a half is getting to be a bit too much. And I thought about taking the five. Then all of a sudden I said, okay, it's now five and a half. Like, what am I missing? Because now the market is kind of going against me. It's a bit of a dead number. You know, it's at five. It's not six. I really don't think that we'll get to six. But part of me is like, okay, let this play out for another 24 to 48. See if it gets to six. I doubt it. But let's just see how all these bets go on Saturday. Let's see how late I get back from this Eagles game, how I'm feeling Sunday. (laughs) And Schmidt, maybe a little bit of hair of the dog at three in the afternoon, and I'll put some money on the Bengals money line. But I don't want Yanni to hear that. So <laughs> make, make uh, your Yanni, money, man. Do what you got to do. <laughs> and Yanni, Yanni made a good point too. I I completely forgot they lost their left tackle in that uh, Ravens game. Yeah, that that's huge. That's I mean, huge for a banged up offensive line already. And that I think is trouble. maybe why the line's going away, and yeah. it could creep higher. I I mean those are key injuries. Those are key injuries on the road against a team that, I mean, the Bills, I think everybody here would regard as a top three team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And in any given week, they're they're top one. So I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, probably the most, okay, as a neutral fan, I would be looking forward to that game the most. Obviously, I'm an Eagles fan, but that that game has fireworks written all over it because that could be, you know, two, two of the top four to five teams in the NFL are playing head-to-head here. And like you said, Coach, prayers and thoughts to Hamlin, who maybe he'll be in the building. Perhaps he'll be in the building. Probably. So real quick, uh, something, and Derek, I think you guys were texting about this the other day. Uh, Every over hit in the playoffs, right? Every over hit last weekend. I believe. No, no, no. Uh, Tampa and Cowboys went under. Barely under. under. Just Just because Tampa sucks. Right. Just because of that late game. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. It, it should have gone over. It was at 45 and a half, I believe. Yeah, and, and it's funny. I'm just looking at the games, Landed and it seems like they've been adjusted up a little bit. The lines have been adjusted up. There was a lot of mid-40s, you know, a little bit of high 40s last week, um, other than the Ravens-Bengals game, which, you know, <laughs> wasn't going to get that high. Uh, but it, it's, it's just interesting. I was looking at them. I don't know. Does anyone like any of the over-unders in these games that we've walked through? You know, I just – really just hit me in the head as I was looking at it. I'll just say on my end, I it's I mentioned it to D earlier and I said it weather permitting, I actually do like the over in that Bills and Bengals game. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think quite frankly the team that wins outscores the other one. I think it's actually similar to that Bills Kansas City game from last year where could be whoever has the ball last comes out on top type thing. So I like the over in that one. Um, I lean, I do lean under in the other two. Um, what scares me in that Philly game and, you know, not to blow smoke to you guys, but I think the Eagles could put up 40 in that game. So, uh, you know, I'm a little worried on that, but I do lean under on, on those two games, uh, the two Saturday games for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I would like to echo that as well. What I heard is that, that there was a lot less holding called last week. And I don't know if that was, you know, the league telling all the rest was like, hey, don't ruin these playoff games. And if you're calling less holding, obviously you're not going backwards as much. That will lend itself to the over. I had the under on the Ravens and the Bengals. 
that didn't get there. I even felt good about that at halftime, but that didn't get there. I think that in that Eagles and Giants game, what's really interesting is that I think that there's a lot of arguments to be made to get to the under. It's like if any of the defenses show up, that lends itself to going under, was it 47 and a half? You can get a 48. If the Eagles D shows up for sure, the way that it goes over, I think, is to what Yanni said. If Philly gets to that 34, 40, 41 total, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, like unless they're going to win 34, seven. So I do like the under there. And for the Bengals and the Bills, I'm taking a look at it. It does say snow showers in 35. We know how that lake effect whole snow can work. It's like it could be snowing on Saturday. It could be off and on. It could just be flurries. So take a look at that. And I do lean towards the over there as well, because if they're not going to be calling holding as much, and if they're not going to be calling it around one of the playoffs, why would they call it on what is, you know, regarded as the best weekend of the NFL? I don't think that they're going to be calling holding as much either. So I like and the if you watch well. if you watch those games, there is no question that they were not calling holding because there yeah. was some absolutely wow. egregious holdings that they let go. <laughs> and I feel like during the season they were ticky tacky with it. So it's like one extreme to the other. Yeah. One extreme to the other. That's what the league and that the refs can do. So is there yeah. anything else? It's it's just interesting. My my last thought there, and, and as I was listening to y'all talk, but it's one of those things where you look at those games, there was a lot of bad defenses too in the playoffs. There were. Miami's not good. Chargers kind of middling. Seattle's not good. They overachieved, but still not that great. Pretty bad. Yeah. But too. Right. Like you saw a lot of that happening. And and that's why I'm I almost look at these and, and I've been doing this all year with with varying levels of success. And my problem is I go too far with it. But I was taking four games and messing around with over under teases. Uh, and I invariably playing with fire, playing with fire doing that. Yeah. But I would get three correct every time. And I'm almost looking at doing that. But with the the unders here, um, you know, looking at the Chiefs game, 52 and a half on FanDuel, get that up to call it 58, 59, right in there. You could do the same thing with the Eagles game to Yanni's point. I don't know if they're going to score a ton of points for the Giants. You know, Eagles can put up a ton, but probably back off. You can get that over, you know, up to around 55. Yeah, it's hard to see that touching 60, right? Yeah, it's just these interesting little matriculations of what we saw last week is not what we're going to see this week from an offensive production standpoint. I don't believe. I don't believe it. And that's why I asked the question. I was just curious everyone's thoughts there. We will see. We will see. And this last game has an over-under of 46 and a half, the Cowboys and the Niners. We have a bunch of evenly matched teams, I think, overall this weekend. I mean, you can say that the Chiefs are better than the Jags and the Eagles and Giants, but I think that the overall quality of teams could keep could potentially keep these scores a little bit more condensed, not to scare anybody off the overs. But I think that in this game, this is crazy here. And Schmidt, I'll start with you because... None of us here like the Cowboys, obviously, but the Cowboys are that boomer bust team that it wasn't three and a half points earlier. Now it looks like it's four painted across the board right now. I want to bet San Fran and I wish I would have bet that three and a half already. And I believe that you have them. I want to bet San Fran, but that boomer bust type of Dallas Cowboys team is telling me, you know what? It's Brock Purdy. If he finally turns the ball over. Could we be seeing Philly and Dallas in the NFC Championship, Schmidt? <laughs> I mean, that's what the networks want for sure. No. Um, yeah, I got I got <laughs> Niners minus three uh, earlier in the week. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think like I think Bengals Bills will be the game of the weekend, but I think this one is will be like the next closest game. I think this is going to be low scoring, and it's going to be. Dak seems to be alternating like good game, bad game, good game. So I think he's going to struggle in this game, not just because, you know, he's like a coin flip quarterback, but the 49ers defense is just so ridiculous. I really don't see how the Cowboys are going to light up the scoreboard like they did uh, against the Eagles and against the Bucks, even though those teams both have good defenses too. I think the 49ers are just on another level this year, at least as far as defense goes. I agree. I agree. It's hard to see the Niners dropping a game like this at home. Yanni, you've been on the Niners many times this year. Yanni, you have futures bets on the Eagles and the Niners, I believe. Do you have any money on the Niners here in this game? Hard to see them losing at home. Yeah, so I had the minus three with a little bit of extra juice as well. Um, You know, hit it right away when it came out, figuring it would probably go to four. And I, you know, I still like it at four, believe it or not. And I just, Dallas did burn me last week. I thought that Tampa was going to find a way to win that game and, and Dallas completely outclassed them and really just beat the crap out of them on, on both sides of the ball there. But I, I don't see that happening here. Um, I, I think, first of all, I don't see Dallas really being able to run the ball on San Francisco. That's going to put a lot of pressure on Dak. Now, again, he's proven at times that he can play really well. But I think, again, there's that inconsistency there. And if he doesn't get off to a fast start, I think that could be a problem for them. On the flip side, I think the San Francisco offense, this is this is kind of maybe where I differ um, here. I actually like the over in this game, but it's because I think San Francisco is going to put up a lot of points on, on this Dallas defense. And the reason being is Dallas's strength is they can get pressure on the opposing quarterback. But the way that San Francisco offense is designed they get the ball out so quick. It's McCaffrey right out of the backfield. It's, it's Kittle right over, you know, it, it's not like they're taking 40 yard shots down the field very often. It's a, a, you know, a bubble screen to Debo Samuel. And then of course you can run on Dallas as well. I think so. I think that San Francisco is actually going to put up quite a few points in this game. I think they cover, I mean, to me, I've got this at kind of that 30 to 20 type game. Um, you know, I'm looking at it. So I actually lean towards the over and I still like San Francisco, even minus the four points. I just, I think this is where it ends for Dallas. I think, you know, they had a good season. They're probably ahead of where, well, certainly after week one, where people thought they were going to be. Um, I, I just think it comes to an end here. I think that San Francisco is too much. And I, I don't know, I just, to me right now, I think when we talked about it last week, I had San Francisco number one in my power rankings and I'm still there, Brock Purdy or not. Rock party or not, San Fran at one. Hopefully we see the Eagles and the Niners in the NFC Championship game. I shouldn't say hopefully because I kind of want Dallas. No, I definitely want Dallas. But I feel like for a pure football standpoint, we should see the Eagles and the Niners. That'll be a really fun game to watch. The Niners, I agree there. Like, Could it be a 10-point Margin of victory for sure at home. I know Brock Purdy, you know, he, he's looked good overall. Are they going to be able to get to him? Coach, are you thinking that there's any reason to think about the Cowboys? Here? They they look good in Tampa. I had Tampa plus two and a half, which was stupid, and the Cowboys outclassed them. I guess we should be happy that the Cowboys, to Yanni's point, have achieved enough to keep Mike McCarthy, right? They'll probably keep him around. Do you see any reason to dabble with Dallas here, or are you all Niners as well? Uh, I'm in the Niners camp here. Uh, you know, everyone wants to, and, and I even said earlier that we haven't seen, you know, the Mr. Irrelevant, a seventh round rookie quarterback going to the Super Bowl or even really progressing super far in the playoffs, right? Like we're in uncharted territory, but 
when have the Niners looked the best this year with Brock Purdy at quarterback? Wasn't the same at Jimmy Garoppolo. Definitely wasn't the same with, I can't even remember his name because he doesn't matter anymore. Even Trey Lance. And who knows if Trey Lance is coming back or not. But they've the won like Rome. 11 games in a row. Technically a team that was Rome. three and four is now not lost. <laughs> Purdy, Purdy has that offense looking better than anyone under uh, Shanahan in years. In years. And that's the crazy part, right? And what you saw this past weekend, now granted, again, the Seahawks defense isn't that great. Dallas' defense is definitely better. The pressure is going to be a little bit heavier uh, from a pass rush perspective of the, of the front four. Yeah. But Purdy can buy time. He, he showed that. And he can read the field, uh, not even just downfield, but even his checkdowns in those situations, which is huge. Usually rookie quarterbacks are freaking out and they just tuck and, and go, right? Like they don't know what else to do. And he's, he's showing that maturity. So, you know, I'm, I'm on Niners here. I think Purdy, frankly, can take them all the way if he continues on the, re- the run that he is. And I also think Shanahan's already set, uh, set records by losing a game up a lot in a Super Bowl as the offensive coordinator. I think this is the year, honestly, he, he leads a team and sets Super Bowl records with winning with a seventh-round rookie quarterback. I really do. Um, you know, it's one of those things you asked me earlier when we were just catching up. It's gun to your head. Who do you think wins? I think it's Chiefs just because they have Mahomes, it's Reed, and all that stuff. But then it's the Niners. It is because they are playing the best overall all around football right now. Cross- Probably a good segue into we can take a look at the futures market. Before we do that, I agree that. It would be shocking to me of all the games this weekend. I think that I expect the chiefs to win. I expect the Eagles to win the bills and the Bengals. I'm not going to call it a coin flip. I expect the bills that could be close. This game technically has the lowest spread, but I would be shocked if Dallas pulls out this victory, the Niners coach, all your great points. You could make very good arguments that they look the best with Brock party. They have so many skill position players though, but party, I mean, to his credit, He's young. I mean, he, he stepped into that starter role as a third stringer. He's getting the ball to them. But is it a little bit easier when you have Debo and Elijah Mitchell and you have McCaffrey? Sure. But yes, right? You have and Kittle, right? So just a lot of offensive weapons that I don't want to see here in Philly. But I, I just don't see the Cowboys. Maybe they can generate some pressure. I don't see them stopping all of them. In the futures market, which I think is really interesting, we'll take a look at the Super Bowl odds. Real quick, though, for anyone that was curious, the Eagles and the Niners in the NFC, the Eagles are plus 150 to win it, Niners at plus 170. So that game is going to be a pretty tight spread if both teams win. What I want to know here, guys, is of all the odds, and I'm going to pull it up at FanDuel right now. It's putting everybody on the spot. Super Bowl odds. I'm going to go down the list and say, of these, which one gun to head would be your favorite? Chiefs, three to one. Bills, plus 330. Niners, four and a half to one. Eagles, five to one. Bengals, seven and a half to one. Cowboys, eight and a half to one. If you want me to list the Giants and Jaguars, they're 25 and 33. Schmidt, we'll start with you. If you need me to repeat those, I can. Who are you thinking right now has the best value out of all of those lines? Not the Giants, I'm guessing. Gun to head. Honestly, not to be a homer, but five to one on the Eagles, I think, is is pretty good value. Um, Don't disagree. They're going to be home until the Super Bowl. Like, there's no chance of like a neutral zone site. Like, there isn't the AFC. 
Um, they have probably the best matchup going on this weekend against the Giants. Probably the easiest team to get through to the next round. Yeah, the Niners would be a tough matchup. Uh, much rather it would see Dallas in the NFC Championship game. But yeah, I think the Eagles 5-1, to one, they are getting healthy at the right time. Um, they're kind of coming in a little under the radar because of the last couple of games where they had injuries and you know, a relative lack of meaningfulness in the last uh, three games of the season because they knew they just needed one win to get everything that they wanted. Um, I think they're coming in a little under the radar. I think people are devaluing them just because of how they looked uh, to end the season. And as we've seen in years past, like teams go in looking shaky all the time and then rip off a run. And then it doesn't really matter as much, right? Both teams, Eagles and Giants, have both done that. (laughs) Look like garbage to the end of the season and then rip off a Super Bowl. It's kind of what Eli Manning made a career and a Hall of Fame career out of, is looking like kind of garbage limping into the playoffs, and then they get their coach of all those lines. What are you liking? And what I will say is that what's really interesting to me is that the Eagles are favored to win the NFC barely, but then the Niners actually have better odds to win the Super Bowl. Coach of all those odds, are you thinking Bengals? Are you thinking Jags at 33-1? to Oh, definitely on the yeah, definitely on the Trevor track. Lawrence and his yeah. hair in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, bartender Doug's gonna get it done this year. Uh Dougie P again. Yeah, yeah. Kidding. Uh no, it's it's the Niners. And and I say that they have the best defense. I think the Eagles have the best defensive line. The yeah. Eagles or, or the Niners have the best overall defense. Their linebackers are unbelievable, right? They they have the best zone defense in the league. Okay. And that, what I said about Daniel Jones, also relates to Jalen Hurts, right? It makes it harder, okay? Just you're not going to get those running lanes like you do in man coverage. They have the most interception, I think, 17 when they're in in zone coverage, right? So, again, Dak kills them, just to go back to that, but Dak kills uh, zone defenses. But Niners are the best zone defense in the league, so good luck with that. So I I look at San Francisco. It's, it's, you know – a 50 point difference, right. Or, you know, 0.050 point difference, not even a big deal. So I'm going with the Niners there. They're just playing the best and they have the best defense. Hard to argue with all of that. Yanni of all those teams, you have futures bets already on the Eagles and Niners. Are are you going to pluck off one of those NFC teams? Are you thinking something different on that list? No, I I think you probably can gather. I'm, I'm going with the Niners here. I think that to me, at this point, they should be the favorite. So if, if you're telling me that they're the third um, and you're getting that kind of you know return there, I, I'm taking the Niners. And I, I will say this. So you mentioned earlier how cool it would be to see a Bills and Kansas City championship game. Obviously, I'm hoping for that, and I, I hope we do get to see that. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to give you a really cliche, corny thing. So WrestleMania 8. There was a championship match between (laughs) Macho Man Randy Savage and Ric Flair, right? And I feel like that's actually what's happening in the NFC. We're going to see the Super Bowl winner, in my opinion, come from the NFC. And I think it is going to be this Niners-Eagles matchup. And I think it's going to be an amazing game because I think these teams are very similar Um, you know, offensively, they've got weapons, they can score defensively. They're both very good. They're both pretty well coached teams, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's going to be a heavyweight thing. And that's actually, who's going to determine the Super Bowl win. Now in WrestleMania eight, the main event wasn't actually for the heavyweight title. It was Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior. That's what the AFC, that's what we're getting, right? We're getting that flashy Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, hopefully I'm hoping we get that. Um, but I think the real championship winner is coming out of that NFC. And I think that is going to be 
a monster matchup between the Eagles and the Niners. I have the Niners just to tick ahead just because, again, I, I think Coach mentioned, I think their defense is just a little bit better. And I think offensively, you look at a difference maker like a Christian McCaffrey and, and you know, could he be just the, that little bit of extra to push them over the edge versus a good Eagles offense? So anyway, long way of saying, I think San Francisco is the play here for me in the futures market. Um, I do think that we're truly, we've got eight teams left and we're in a five-team race that we talked about three weeks ago, right? I think we named these five teams three weeks ago and said, yep. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Eagles, Niners. And, and that's where we're at. And one of those teams will be out this week, either my Bills or the Bengals. I think we're going to get the final four that truly is the heavyweight matchup. And, and I think it's going to be a great championship weekend, to be honest with you. Usually is. And let's certainly hope so. Eagles and Niners, it seems like that they're on a crash course. And coach, I know that we usually get your uh, Super Bowl pick at some point in the playoffs. If you're on again, great. But while we have you, I think I know where you might be going with this. And I think I kind of agree, but what are you thinking? You had the Niners as best value at plus 450, Yanni, as well. I agree with you guys that I think that the Super Bowl champ comes from the NFC. I'm not going to take those those AFC um, opponents. And Yanni had a great comparison to the WrestleMania. But, Coach, what are you thinking of Super Bowl champ? Putting you on the spot here. Yeah, I, if you ask me this, Four weeks ago, I probably said the same thing. I think it's the Niners. I, the I Niners again, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning. What Bonnie has said and what we've all said in different ways. I mean, they have the best defense. Uh, I think they have the best coaching staff left, too. I, I, I truly believe that, especially currently set. Um, they have the best coaching staff in the league. D'Amico Ryans has done an amazing job with that defense. Kyle Shanahan and his brain trust have done amazing things. Uh, going through three quarterbacks. Like, that's that's the other thing. That really leads me to believe this. They have been winning with three different quarterbacks all it's year. Crazy to think about. It's insane. And like Nick Sirianni can't say that, right? And I think he's a great coach. Uh, Andy Reid hasn't had to go down that path, but I think they have probably the third worst defense out of the top four teams on that list. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, the Bills probably being the fourth at this point, just by nature of their injuries. So, you know, I'm, I'm all over the Niners. I, I think it's their year and. The other side to me is I'm not picking the Eagles because I'm not going to be that guy and I don't want to jinx it and ruin my life. So <laughs> just ruin your life. And then if you sprinkle the Niners, you have the emotional hedge, which we always talk about. And we have that. I think that Niners Eagles is going to be a hell of a game. I'm hoping that we can watch it together in person. Who knows? Let's hope that we get that matchup and the emotional hedges in place. I think that we're all aligned right now that the Niners are trending in the best direction possible with the third string quarterback. And you raised some great points there. I mean, none of these other teams have had to do that. The Eagles got down to their second string quarterback and they went 0-2 with Minshew. It wasn't all his fault in the first one, but the bottom line is that they couldn't get it done without Hertz and, but Hertz has only that one loss. So let's see what happens. So great show all around guys. I think we went just over an hour tasty shout out to him in Vegas. I know he won't be seeing his uh, purple people eaters out there. That's not their nickname anymore. Is it? He won't be seeing their Vikings and Kirk cousins out there, but he'll see four quality matchups. I'm sure of plenty of dollars uh laid on these games yanni talk about your articles this week you had mentioned that there's picks and sides out are we doing dfs again so i have uh 
I will have some DFS stuff out, betcrushers.com. I've got an article that was actually just posted. So uh, check that out. I got basically kind of breakdowns, much like we did here with all the games, including what we're playing. I'll have some props out there uh, as well, a props article as well. So keep an eye out for that. And um, I, I just think this is going to be a great weekend. And I think, you know, historically, this has always been a money-making weekend too. So we'll see. I, I think that, the you know, it's kind of the big boys rise up here. And I think you can handicap that pretty pretty safely let's get a bills win let's get an eagles win let's get wins across the board and a great nfl weekend check out the articles at betcrushers.com schmidt and coach appreciate you coming on for the eagles here let's hope that uh fly eagles fly and that we march on to the nfc championship game appreciate it fellas we'll talk real soon go bird and care very good